Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sarah Fenske. St. Louis has been a beer-drinking town going back to the 1840s, and our 3 a.m. bars keep the party going well after midnight. But some area residents are sobering up. One of the new craft breweries to, be, to see big success in recent years exclusively brews non-alcoholic beer. High-end restaurants are offering artisan mocktail flights, and some of the hottest parties in town no longer involve beer, wine, or liquor. Do you have thoughts on St. Louis's move towards sobriety? Give us a call at 314-382-8255. That's 382-TALK. Or you can send us a tweet at STL on air or email us at talk at stlpublicradio.org. Here to discuss the city's growing number of booze-free options is Nicole Dossey, Executive Director of the National Council on Alcoholism and Drug Abuse. Nicole, thank you for coming here. Thank you for having us. I know your agency started hosting something called Sands Bar STL. It sounds kind of like a club or a cocktail party, only there are no cocktails, no drinks whatsoever. Is that an accurate description? Absolutely. It's it's a bar without the booze. Now, you must have <laughs> thought, or at least maybe I'm just the one thinking, no one's going to show up for this. But that's not what happened. That is not what happened. So we uh, there's a national movement called Sands Bar, and, and it's based out of Austin, Texas. And... Um, he, this man's name is Chris Marshall, and he decided to take his concept on a tour of the nation. And when we heard about his idea, we said, please pick us, please come to St. Louis. And we took a chance, our board took a chance, and we were hoping for 200 people, and we had well over 300 people there. Wow. And this was on a Friday night in March, kicked off Mardi Gras weekend, no booze. Um, plenty of AF or ZP, that's alcohol-free or zero-proof um, drinks, uh, fun, uh, inclusivity, camaraderie, but zero booze. And people were staying. They didn't just stop by and leave 10 minutes later. No it's drinks here. I'm out. It surprised me, too. Um, we had enough things for people to do so that if they felt awkward or uncomfortable, there would still be some, we had some fortune tellers there. We did it at third degree glass factory. So it's we a had great a great space. Yes, it was amazing. We had music there. Um, but very soon, I mean, people just legitimately started connecting. I mean, most people who go out to a bar or to a club, they're looking for a connection, atmosphere, energy. Um, the, the alcohol just is sort of an added um, thing there. And what we did is we just removed that piece and still saw the connection. And I mean, we had to kick people out at the end of the night. It was pretty incredible. Wow. And so we're doing it again. We are officially uh, licensed owners of Sands Bar STL. And so we are um, working on finalizing the plans for our next pop-up uh, sober bar. Um, and that's going to be in October at a location to be determined. But the really cool thing is, is that that event, this concept, is not just for people in recovery. Um, I personally am not in recovery. I still had a wonderful time. Um, it might be for people who are sober sometimes, people who drinking for them is a matter of life and death. Maybe somebody's pregnant. Maybe they just don't feel like drinking. Yeah, and take it was, a night off. They just wanted to take a night off. So it was a really inclusive space. And I couldn't believe it, and we cannot wait to do it again. We're also joined by Genevieve Barlow, who co-founded the non-alcoholic craft brewer Wellbeing Brewing, and Tom Halaska. He's a longtime bartender who's now a brand manager for the NA Beer. Genevieve and Tom, welcome to the show. Thank, Thank you. you. Genevieve, what was the genesis of Wellbeing Brewing? 
Uh, well, the genesis um, was kind of a long time coming, but my husband, Jeff Stevens, um, is, has been sober for about 25 plus years and has been in the recovery space for, for that amount of time and um, worked in beer marketing but, uh, and drank a lot of N.A. beers, a lot of stale coffee, a lot of uh, sugary sodas. And um, really just um, we saw this craft beer explosion kind of happen throughout the last decade. Um, All these wonderful styles and flavors came out. And he felt that when he was going out and we would go out on date night and go to a different restaurant and look at the, um, the list of you know, what was available for him to choose from non-alcoholic options, there really weren't any. Um, You know, we call it the sad space, even, you know, either at the grocery store or at the bar, you know, someone says, hey, I think I can maybe find one NA beer we might have, and it's kind of dusty, and it might be six months old. Um, And so really, we, uh, he was over in Europe, and there's a lot of NA craft beers over in Europe happening right now, a lot of NA breweries happening, and uh, he came back, and we just kind of had this aha moment. So Wellbeing Brewing has, um, it truly was a personal decision, and when he uh, told me about it, it, the idea just felt right, and it felt like the time, you know, it just was kind of one of those aha moments where, of course, this just seems totally natural. Uh, And we've been in business for about a year and a half, um, thinking, you know, when we first brewed N.A. beer that we were hoping that people would just like the beer. And, uh, you know, we had a lot to overcome in terms of stigma. Why would I drink N.A. beer? What, you know, this isn't for me. I'm not in recovery. Um, And in that year and a half, we have seen, um, you know, kind of what Nicole had just alluded to or had just had just said, um, just this movement that is much more consumer led and is much more broader than just people in recovery. So um, we're really excited. And I feel like your beer is everywhere now. I'm going out to bars (laughs) and people are offering it. It is. It is. And we're so grateful for that kind of support from bars and restaurants, especially from grocery stores. Um, You know, we are uh, available nationally um, and one of the nice things is that we can ship our beers anywhere because they are they don't have alcohol in them so we aren't that gets um, you around like the state laws it does it does in most states yeah Um, and so we do we are able to ship online Um, we are able um, there's a lot of things we can do so um, but it is in terms of like just you know and, and Tom can probably talk to about this more since he's been in the kind of bar and restaurant space but it's certainly um it certainly is something that the bars and restaurants are offering more NA craft beers, NA um, mocktails. And so it's really more about experience and the experience of going out, enjoying a nice lunch, a nice dinner, having those social connections with family, friends, and coworkers. And for whatever reason it is, um, you're able to choose from like a plethora of really great tasting, delicious, you know, either craft beer, NA craft beers or mocktails. Tom, you have been a longtime bartender. Do you see this as something that um, consumers are driving? They're asking their bartender for this, or is it something that bars are proactively making available? I think it's a mix of both, honestly. The the consumers are, are being more mindful about how they're consuming alcohol. They'd rather have a nice barrel-aged you know, bourbon and a nice beer at dinner versus having a rail whiskey and five beers with dinner, right? So they're looking to still have their treat. You know, when we go out and we celebrate, we want something special, something that's designed and, and, and crafted for us to we, where we can celebrate. You know, we've, we've been taught through, through advertising and, and the media that we need to be 
drinking alcohol to have fun. Mm -hmm. And I think what people are realizing is, no, that's not necessarily true. I can go out and still enjoy that whiskey that I really enjoy. But then also there's these craft zero-proof cocktails and, and NA beer that I can enjoy and, and, and participate in as well. And then the bartenders and the restaurants and the bars are picking up on that and saying, oh, wait, you know, there's another point of purchase here. There, there's a, a group of people, you know, in recovery, drinking, not drinking, whatever decision they're making that day not to drink. You know, if we have options for them, they're going to purchase these things from us. So that, you know, when it comes down to it, allows for the bars and restaurants to generate a little bit more revenue. It allows for the bars and restaurants to cater to a demographic that I think sometimes gets left behind and, and allows for that consumer to walk in, sit down and see a menu that's put in front of them that was designed, you know, that, that creates that inclusivity that I think all of us are looking for when we go out. Let's go to the phone lines. We've actually got a caller here. Um, this is Jerry from O'Fallon. Jerry, hi. You're on St. Louis on the Air. Hello. I just wanted to say I uh, travel to Europe probably about once a year, often to Munich, which is the most beer-centric city, I think, in the world. And for the last five or seven years, every beer hall, every bar, every restaurant uh, carries not only a non-alcoholic beer, but in most of the varieties, you know, in Germany, like a Pellis or a, a Weiss beer, and uh, it's become quite a staple over there. And in fact, many of my friends over there, if you're going to spend Sunday at a beer hall, uh, will or beer garden will uh, alternate basically uh, alcoholic and non-alcoholic beer. That's interesting. Jerry, thank you for that call. I appreciate that. Um, it seems like maybe these aren't people going 100% sober. They're just looking to drink with a little more moderation. Nicole, is, is that something you feel like has started in Europe and is moving to the U.S.? Or what's what's going on here? Now, I don't know where it started, but um, we're happy it's finally taking root. Because as Tom said, there is this notion in the United States and just, I think, kind of a general notion that you need to be able to, the only way to have fun is to be under the influence of a substance. And traditionally in our culture, that's pretty much thought of to be alcohol. And at NCADA, we teach kids beginning in kindergarten that you don't need substances to have fun. We talk about dopamine and we talk about authentic connections. And somewhere along the way, as we get to be older, we sort of lose a little bit of that. And we think that the way to connect with somebody is over a glass of wine or over dinner and a drink or at a happy hour. And that's how you network and make professional connections. And it, it seems like a really nice synergy of everything that's just happening around wellness in general. I mean, people are more concerned about their what, what they're putting in their bodies. They're more concerned about how they show up and what their brand is. And are they being authentic? And are they making authentic connections? And at the same time, there's this movement to say, should we be imbibing maybe as much as, as we can or do? And, and so there are folks who um, do alternate um, and will have an N.A. drink or will, will have um, then a, a cocktail with alcohol in it. But that's also not anything necessarily new. I mean, people used to alternate water and beer or water and a drink. And, but now the stuff they're alternating with tastes good. <laughs> Tom, I know you yourself, um, you stopped drinking entirely. Is that about a year and a half ago? Yeah, a little bit over, yeah. Um, what was that like being in the industry and making that choice? Did you face blowback from friends, bartenders? That's what I thought I was going to get. I um, imagine, I, yeah. I made my sobriety very public through social media because I needed to be, you know, I wanted to hold, hold myself accountable. But also when I went to go visit my friends that were working, I didn't want them to slide a shot of whiskey across the bar before I even got in the door, which mm -hmm. is typical, right? <laughs> um, 
So when doing that, I thought, wow, where, where's my place going to be? I don't drink anymore. You know, that's been such a part of who I am as a, as an industry person. Like, where do I fit in and come to find out the support that I got from my industry and the people who are like, you know what? I've cut back drinking too. I'm not drinking either. I you know personally, I still, if I'm creating a beverage program, I'll still taste to make sure that the drinks taste good and, and that I'm, I'm balancing everything out. But when it comes down to it, you know, working at, when I was my last job at the Monocle, uh, turned out that every person on that staff was sober. None of us drank. Wow. And I've never in 20 something years of being in the bar industry, I'd never been in that environment. And what wound up happening is the bar was closed down quickly. We all brought our own food and we're eating healthy and, and, and doing all the same things that we were doing, uh, you know, in bars where drinking is kind of acceptable while working but in an atmosphere that was a lot more productive. So no, overall, the industry was was overwhelmingly supportive of my choice. And I think it's kind of helped in a way spread that across St. Louis of, hey, let's throw some zero proof cocktails on our menu. Let's see what happens. You know, th- this is this is real and this is right. So it, it's been it's been really awesome. That's, that's great to hear that that was the reaction, that people were so supportive. Tell me about Dry Society. I understand this is something that you're one of the organizers of. Yeah, I'm helping out with my buddy Andy, who works the Silver Ballroom, um, has stopped drinking as well. And what we're learning is that we want to go out and we want to socialize, but we need to be able to find those spaces to where we feel comfortable as well. So Andy has created this, this meetup kind of program to where people who drink, people who don't drink, people, just people can come and talk about what it looks like to live a lifestyle of drinking versus not drinking and just see what that is. So there's no real formal platform for it. It's really just a space for people to get together and hang out and, and experience each other and talk about health and wellness and, and what we can do as a community to create more inclusive spaces. That was Tom Halaska. He's a longtime bartender and also a brand manager for Wellbeing Brewing, the new NA uh, brewing in town. We're also here with Genevieve Barlow, who's a co-founder of the brewery, and Nicole Dossie, who's executive director of the National Council on Alcoholism and Drug Abuse, which has been hosting Sandbar STL, a fun alcohol-free event. One of our producers spoke briefly yesterday with local musician Kenny DeShields, who performed at the inaugural Sandbar STL event earlier this year. Let's give that a listen. You know, we do have so many, uh, you know, different types of bars and, you know, just different events. And I, you know, personally have always, you know, just wondered, I'm like, man, what would it be like, you know, are there non-alcoholic bars? Just people just want to have fun or just come to events and stuff. Like, why does, you know, um, alcohol have to always be involved? And so I, when this came about, I was just like, wow, this is like a thought I had in my head years and years ago. So to be asked to be a part of it, I think it was a really unique thing. And um, because some people, you know, they just they want to have fun without that element. And I think this gives an opportunity for that. That was musician Kenny DeShields talking about the appeal of Sandsbar STL. Nicole, do you think there's kind of a longing? People are looking for something to do where they don't have to have a drink. Pardon the pun, but yes, people are thirsty for this. I mean, I think that that shows, I mean, really, I mean, I think that shows up in the fact that um, there are, this effort is happening all across the country. And I I think that because we are in the the shadow of so many breweries, and and that's always been a badge of honor for St. Louis, I mean, I think we're sort of ground zero for this. Um, I I do think people are thirsty for it, as evidenced by the fact that that well-being has 
exploded the fact that there are so many um, opportunities. I mean, you're highlighting a couple here today with Dry Society and Sands Bar and Wellbeing, but there's many others. I mean, the fact that we are on a half an hour radio program having a conversation about not one option for alcohol-free fun, and yes, those two things can go hand in hand, but we're not talking about one option. We're not talking about two options, and we're talking about a multitude of options for people who have been faced with the the dilemma, how do I have fun now that I'm in recovery? Or I cannot have a sip of alcohol. That is a matter of life and death for me. And there are those people out there. I mean, this is something that is just unheard of for them. And it's really exciting. It's an exciting time. And when you say people can't have a drop of alcohol, is that because in the past they'd maybe drank so much they've they've yeah, wrecked their health? Or? Sure, or or their sobriety. You know, for some people, it could trigger uh, them. it could tr- it could trigger them. Now there's a wide spectrum of folks, and so um, that's that's one of the things that's so great about having so many options is that options are great. Everybody wants options. So for for me, again, I mean, I, I, I don't really love sugary drinks. And so the fact that Sands Bar has some other um, alcohol-free beverages that aren't sugary, that gives me an option. There are some people who a sip or even just being around it, walking into a bar would have never been an option for them. And then there are other people who Absolutely. I mean, that's this is a, a choice for them. So I think the fact that we have such a broad spectrum in St. Louis and so many available options, I mean, it it's it's uh, it's everything. Tom, I thought it was interesting that I think the first Dry Society event you're actually having that in a bar. Yeah. So that's the idea. So the the idea <clears throat> is that there is. a a huge community who is, once again, just being more mindful about how they're consuming alcohol and being able to have events and have them in bars and keep people moving and functional within inside of society is super important. You know, we do have the people that are in recovery who can't walk inside of the bar. So having spaces for them is really important. But there is a, a broader community that encompasses that, that does go out to bars, does, you know, is, is okay with, with being around alcohol and with people who are drinking. So what we're able to do in St. Louis is there's this global movement uh, of, of health and wellness, and it's come to the United States. And I think that St. Louis is kind of the heartbeat of that to where we have a space like Sands Bar that, that really focuses on the recovery community. And then we have places like Synergy Elixir Bar, which helps out with the wellness community. And we have bars that have... Uh, you know, zero-proof cocktail menus, and we have all these different aspects for people and creating a space like Dry Society to say, yes, we are going to have this at a bar. This bar supports people. It supports inclusivity, so we want to have it there. And we're going we're gonna to move it around and do it in different spots, and sometimes it'll be in a bar. Sometimes it might be a float trip. Sometimes it might be rock climbing. You know, so showing that there is a multitude of things to, for people to do, that they don't have to exclude themselves from interacting in the bar scene, that they can they can still participate in that and navigate the world just the same, just without alcohol. Let's go back to the phone lines. We've got a caller, um, Tim. Um, Tim from Edwardsville. Hi, you're on the air. Hi, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. So this is something that I know myself and a lot of people that are I'm in recovery with um, have been challenged with, I guess you could say, over over the years. I've been I've been sober myself over 14 years and you know, you're right. They pull out the dusty NA out from the back corner of the bar, and there could be almost anything growing in it. Or <laughs> you, you have to go. I've, I've had that. You, oh, you, I'm you, sorry. <laughs> yeah, you feel like you have to go to a bar to connect with certain people who who do casually drink. 
Um, I'm, I'm comfortable in that scenario sometimes, but I get bored quickly. I need a pool table, a dartboard, some sort of entertainment. And I think both the well-being and the Sam's Bar are fascinating ideas. How does one get something like that over on the Illinois side, over in the Metro East area? I guess How easy is it to set something like that up? Thank you. Thank you, Tim, for that. First of all, Genevieve, is your beer on the Illinois side in bars? It is. Okay. It is. Yeah, um, so you can go actually, uh, Gray Eagle is our distributor over in Illinois. Mm-hmm. So any bar or place that you go that you would like to see our beer at, just let them know, hey, there's an NA option that's really good. You know, Gray Eagle distributes it. If you bring it in, we'll come in and, and support that. So that's the easiest way to, to help us, you know, at any point in time. Anybody who drinks well-being or, or any of the NA options, it's it's so important to talk to those bar owners, restaurant owners, and, and grocery stores and let them know, hey, this exists and I want it. You know, and, that's and Nicole, and what, yeah, what would it take to get Sansbar or STL in uh, Illinois? Tim, it would take a phone call. So first of all, I would say <laughs> congratulations um, on your um, recovery. And uh, that's no easy feat. So congratulations. And I, I love that we're able to provide more options uh, for you to have fun and, and socialize and feel included in this space. Um, the, the great thing I think about Dry Society and Sansbar is that at this point, neither are tied to a brick and mortar location. So right now we are, so our first Sands Bar event was located in the city at Third Degree Glass Factory. Right now we're looking at something a little bit more mid-county to attract people from the county who, you know, hate uh, crossing over certain bridges to get into the city. And so we're, we're trying to be more mindful of that. And it certainly seems like the next one might uh, be in Edwardsville or on the Metro East. So I would say um, reach out to us at thewellnesscouncil.org and we can see about setting something up on the east side. Nicole Dossi of the National Council on Alcoholism and Drug Abuse, thank you so much for joining us today. And Genevieve Barlow and Tom Halaska, thank you both too. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com.